Welcome back from the break. All right, let's get started. I guess the question is, how? If I put myself in your shoes, there are two big questions rattling around inside of me. The first question is, how can one learn acting through an audio recording? I mean, let's be real. Isn't proper acting training supposed to happen in a studio? I mean, that's the way it was for me, Aaron, when I got started. That's the way it is for most people, isn't it? We have our teachers around us when we're doing scene study or exercises. Those fellow actors, our teammates, our classmates, they're all around us. When we have challenges or troubles, there's a teacher right there who could see that, who could jump all over that and give us advice to move us forward. How do we get to do that this way, through an audio recording? First and foremost, let's think about the way that actors are being trained in those studios and how that doesn't really connect to the world that we live. It's far too common to feel great about your acting when you have your teacher around you, when you're in the middle of a scene study class. But do we keep those connections and find that success when we're out on our own in the real world? In the real world, we don't have our teachers and our mentors around us. We don't always have actors that are available to do that extra work of scene study or run lines or help us in the ways that we would want. In the real world, we're left to our own devices. It's our job to show up ready and prepared. When the training of an actor is only happening in a studio with all that wonderful atmosphere all around you, an atmosphere that is fully geared to setting you up for success. It's no wonder that we get out of school, kicked out onto the curb, out into the real world and daily life, and we don't exactly know how to grab onto those tools in the same most easy and efficient way to apply them to the actual things that we're challenged with. What do I do if I'm racing from work to an audition, navigating the subways and the buses, getting into a place, and I've got to warm up? I know how to warm up when I'm in school. I know how to warm up when I have my teacher leading the warm-up. Maybe I even know how to warm up if I can do it at home alone in my bedroom. But what do I do in real life when I need this vocal warm-up, when I need an ability to step out of these rules of my daily life and into the possibilities of what acting and art could be about? What do I do about adapting it to the situation and the surroundings that life has in store for me? It's not enough. It's not enough in our training to find that success in a classroom. It's not enough. It's not ours just yet. That classroom setup, it doesn't taste like the real world. The challenges aren't the same as the real world. And how you're trained is how you learn, is how you practice, is how you rehearse, and is how you perform. We don't always have our teachers around us. We don't get to move at the pace and at the time of the way they set up our learning. And casting. Casting is wildly different when we're training in school versus the real world. Our professional needs, the being the best of ourselves, that stuff that earns you roles, that makes a casting director or an auditioner want to bet on you. Those things that we need to do in life in order to actually get those roles doesn't really matter as much when we're in school, when we've paid for it. We don't get cast in things automatically like we do in schools, where scenes are given to us and there's just scene study partners ready for us to work with. We don't get cast into plays and movies just like we do in school. Things are different in the real world, and so I would like to meet you where work actually happens. Here, now, in the privacy of your own home, heart, where you take the work is where the work needs to be found. 
We're not playing from behind. We're not trying to squeeze something into what it would be like if we were actually together. We're taking advantage of this intimacy, of this privacy, of this flexibility, of building muscles in the actual place you'll use them. The limitations of this approach, this audio recording through the time-space continuum, we're going to turn them on their head. We're going to turn them into trampolines. The fact of the matter is, is that the needs of the actor, the muscles that you want, the tools that you want to put into play are things that you're going to have to find a way to do on your own, in whatever situation life throws your way. You may have a very busy home life. You may have a very small space to work in. That unique boundary is what we have to do our training for. We have to do our training for you. We need to build something that fits into your life, that faces your challenges, that sets up your success. We're not interested in compromising. We're interested in the best environment. But that best environment is just not when you have all your teachers around you, when everything feels comfortable. It doesn't represent what you're really going to be up against. So let's build the environment that is life. Let's set ourselves up for success within the boundaries of your life, of your challenges. You're going to grow your muscles at your pace, at your time, through your habits and instinct, all geared to set you up for success. That's what I dig about this process we get to go on, me and you. So, let's go back to that initial question. How in the world is someone supposed to learn acting over an audio course? Just you wait. Every single aspect of this audio course is set up to take advantage of what we have in front of us. To turn that challenge of not being right next to each other into a trampoline. The Elysium Aesthetic Course is set up to take advantage of the intimacy, the step-by-step nature, and the ability to move through this work at our own pace, at our own time, dictated by your growth in this work. That next big question, though, that I would have rattling around inside of me here at the start is, what is the Elysium Aesthetic? What is this? How does this differ from all the many worthwhile training techniques, mentors, teachers that are out there right now? What are we after together in the Elysium aesthetic? I think about that a lot for you here at the start. When I got started, I didn't really know anything about technique names or even really what was better, what was worse, what would be more right for me or not. I didn't even know that there were many different options that were out there. I knew that I was starting training in a school like NYU that had a reputation behind it. I got placed in a studio called the Meisner Studio, all based off of this reputable acting teacher named Sanford Meisner. I had never heard about him beforehand. I didn't know much about the Meisner technique, but I knew that there was a reputation behind it. I wonder what would have happened if I would have sat down with really with any teacher I would have ever had and had a chance to ask them what they believed about acting, why they love it, why they think I could be great at it. I wish I had time to sit down with my teacher, to sit down with that school and know what the finish line was for all the work, for all the adventure, for all the journey ahead. Finish lines are important. And that's where I want to begin with you here in the Elysium Aesthetic. I want to take this opportunity now to do something that crystallizes and holds us to account in terms of our finish line, our purpose, what you will be left with at the end of your honest energy, your investment of time, passion, money, 
everything that you put into growing yourself as an actor, what will you be left with at the end when we cross this finish line together? My answer for you is every single thing you will need to love what you do and to be the best you could possibly be at it. I mean it. You are going to be able to disappear and transform into any single character. You'll be able to work on any single script. It doesn't matter the type of language or style of that script. You're going to be able to work with any type of director. And I say be able to work, but I mean be the very best of yourself with every single director you will ever work with moving forward, with every actor who you will be facing moving forward. Every costume that will be given to you moving forward is going to be the best costume that you've ever worn. It sounds like a lot of hyperbole. It sounds like just fancy things to say, but I mean it. The Elysium aesthetic will have your back. What are we training for? What are we investing our time and building muscles towards? We're building muscles so that you are the best of yourself always. Every single stage you perform on, any soundstage in front of any green screen, any audience member, any audition, you are working from your very best easily and efficiently. And can I just say, of course that's what this technique should be. Of course that's what all training for the actor should be. There's something wrong in training if that's not what you're getting. If you're not unlocking all of your power, there's something missing in that technique. And those things that are missing, even in the best schools, even in the oldest techniques that we know about, is the reason for the Elysium aesthetic. We're after unlocking an artist's potential. No matter what the world throws your way, no matter the script, no matter the collaborator you're working with, there is a way for you to always be your best. It takes effort, honest effort, but we have got the way. How is this possible? I wonder if a teacher would have said that to me if I would have just nodded my head and believed that. I don't know, but I know that we have the goods. There are things that actors need. We just do. This isn't about throwing every single tool your way. This isn't about every single thing that anybody has ever come up with, stuffing it and cramming it into some sort of a toolbox. This is about the things that every human actor faces that robs us of belief, that makes us feel like a fraud, that makes us feel like we're playing pretend, that we don't really believe it ourselves, let alone when we're unclear or we don't know how to help those collaborators around us to make the best of a script that feels less, to make the best of a director's note that feels confusing. These are universal things. We need to know how to make the best out of any note that comes our way. We all need to learn our lines as actors. Are there things that we do in learning lines that make the rest of the process more difficult for us? Of course. Is there a way to learn our lines that set us up for the ideal, that set us free? There is at the Elysium Aesthetic. When you cross the finish line of the Elysium Aesthetic, you will know how to be the best of yourself always. Everything that surrounds you in life is going to bring out the best of you. How is this possible? And that is why I think we need to take some time here right at the start, before we jump into tools and exercises. I want to lay out this landscape for you, this direction, this clear finish line of how we're going to go ahead and get there, to make that make sense, our worldview on acting. 
and to let that sit with you and hopefully spark in your spirit as kindred. How do we do that? What does that really, really mean? What type of actors do we want to become and how might we go about getting there? The finish line is the thing. It holds us to account. It's something that we can use to keep checking back in throughout our process to see that we're moving in the right direction, to see how close we're getting to this finality, to this click, to this sense of a job well done. We're there and we've earned it. I wonder what would have happened if I would have sat down with my teachers at the start of any of those classes that I've taken in my life. If I would have sat down at the start of the Meisner extension with Vicky and asked her about her favorite actors, her favorite performances, her favorite moments, the type of actor that she knows I'll become if I devote myself to this work. I wonder what happens if we get that opportunity as an actor at the start of our training. Acting is subjective. All art is subjective. So even saying things like, you're going to be good, you're going to be great at this profession, I don't know what any of that really, really means. It means something different from one person to the other. How do we make this all more concrete? How do we have this type of conversation that we should have at the start? Because everything that happens moving forward is going to be based off both of us being all in, investing and going for it, building muscles in the face of doubt, foraging forward fearlessly. It's going to be up to us to do this, and we're going to do this if we feel that there's a prize waiting for us at the end that's real, that's going to be there for us when we do the work. Armed with our finish line and the direction it provides us, now we've got to find our path. What are the things that we can do to move in that direction? In that direction of being the best of ourselves as an actor. So what does that mean? The best of ourselves. Best. Better. Great. Excellent. Good. What's good? Let's just organize our compass over here and see if we can get the big old directions down. North and south. Moving in the forward direction, moving backwards. How do we, me and you, figure out how to agree on what is good acting? On what is bad acting? We have to agree. We have to do this together, step by step. Each and every tool that we learn, each and every exercise that we learn, my style, My passion is in empowering you with the clarity of knowing exactly what you can do, inspiring you to go further with that information so that you can make it your own, that you can navigate the challenges that inevitably show up, take advantage of those discoveries that help make that tool more of your own. Step by step together. It is about moving step by step together. And I have to say, you are exactly right wherever you are starting from. Of course you are. If this was the sort of technique that just spoke at you instead of working with you, then yeah, maybe you'd have to have a whole bunch of stuff in order to be able to understand certain things. But we're talking about growing you into your best you. So it is what it is, and we just get started. This is human work. This is resistance training. This is you facing you to become the best of yourself. No matter what your experience is, no matter what training history you've had, there are going to be things that we find as we go on this journey together, tools and exercises that are going to be 
challenging, that are going to drive you nuts, that are going to make you want to pull your hair out because you're facing down your own doubt. You're growing your capability. There are going to be things over here that are going to be easier because you're built to succeed with them. It just is the way it is. You are exactly right. In all of your complication, in all of your strengths and readiness, we're ready to get to work with that, grow that into its fullest capability. Oh, yeah. Any single thing we talk about over here, there are muscle builders, exercises, ways to move you forward. When it comes to the Elysium aesthetic, it will never be about whether or not you can. The only question is whether or not you will. And in our work together, it's about empowering that will, giving you the clarity, the things you can do step by step so that you get to unleash that spirit, do the work, and move yourself forward. We're not looking for what's easy. We're looking for what works. Always. What really, really works. If there's something that becomes easier or more efficient, then that's the direction that we move the tool towards. We are interested in it being the easiest, most efficient, but there is challenge in this work. There is noble, wonderful, exciting, adventurous challenge, and we want to face those challenges where they show up. Not blinking, moving forward into them so that you can grow more capable, more powerful, more successful. Always. Step by step together. And when we cross the finish line, we get to cross that finish line together. The world of Elysium awaits. We want to make sure that you have material to be able to apply all of that artistic power to. Work that speaks to the very core of your artistic truth. I just don't believe that training is finished just because the time is up for your studies. You don't just get kicked out into the curb and have to find your own way. There is a world of creativity waiting for you here in Elysium. We just need to earn it. We need to build those muscles to set ourselves free. So, so we start together, we move together, we face challenges together, and we turn them into trampolines together. Me and you, but also your teammates in Elysium on those fearless forums. And it starts with us wondering at something that may be basic, wondering at something that may feel obvious and simple, but nonetheless, we don't want to take anything for granted over here together as teammates. The question is, what is good? What is that direction? What is bad? What is that direction? How do me and you agree on something tangible that is the definition of good acting? So let's start there, together as teammates, making sure that we're on the same page. And each step that we take moving forward together, we're not going to take for granted that just because there's a challenge, that all of a sudden we need acting training and acting tools. Let's make that case. Let's figure out where the challenges are and why we need to train for it so that we have a good idea on whether this path inspires your passion. Let's start with Sanford Meisner's definition of good acting. Living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Ah, oh, yeah. Living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. If you're like me... Somehow that makes your heart hum. The first time I heard that, that just made sense to me. Living truthfully, yeah, that's what I want to do. That's what it felt like when I first got started in acting, why I loved it. All of a sudden, I spoke something more true than words that found me in daily life. Something that spoke to the essence of what I know is humanly true. 
living truthfully. Yes, that's exactly what I love as an audience member. I mean, we're all audience members. I love it when the actors on stage, on camera, they're true. I believe them. It strums on this this cord of human truth inside of me, inside of all of us. Yeah, and I have to admit that I'm turned off. I'm bothered by actors that I think are fake or cliche or not really real. As an actor, the idea of living truthfully versus not, oh, of course that feels right to me. If I ever get an opportunity to be Romeo, I want to be Romeo under the balcony of Juliet. Oh, that would be so... What an experience! I don't want to be an actor waiting for another actor to say their lines. I want to be in that moment, really live truthfully, and hear Juliet. We're talking about Juliet. I mean, I have had a lot of loves in my life. I am a Scorpio. I have passion inside of my soul. But to hear Juliet say my name? To hear my name in that mouth? I mean, I just don't want to be an actor waiting for a cue line in that moment. What are we talking about here? I want to be Jon Snow in Game of Thrones, standing there with a sword as all those horses are charging towards me with all those orcs or those morks or those... I think now I'm getting it confused with Lord of the Rings. But ultimately, I don't want to be an actor standing there in front of a green screen with my prop sword. I want to be standing up for what's right and wrong, sacrificing myself, going to the end of that human condition. Oh, who would want to not live truthfully in that circumstance? I want to live truthfully. That feels very, very right. So why is that hard? Why is that hard? If we're breaking this all down right now, let's break it down in a way where we don't take anything for granted, where we don't just pretend that all actors need to do training and we all have to do the same tools in the same way. Why Is it hard for an actor to live truthfully? What does that really, really mean? Let's come up with a definition, just like a definition for acting, good acting, living truthfully under imaginary circumstances. Let's take this chunk, this first chunk, living truthfully, and ask ourselves, what does that really mean and why would that be hard? Living truthfully. That smile from that person across the way is what warms my heart and puts the smile on my face. I say what I say because that person just took two steps towards me. The experience of tasting them, closing down the space between us, made me say something to them. Noise from outside, I experience the taste of that noise, makes me walk over to the window to look and see what's there. That's life. That's living truthfully. We experience things, and that's what caused behavior. Sanford Meisner described this cause and effect simply by calling it the pinch and the ouch. We say ouch because we've been pinched. There's always that cause and effect, pinch and ouch. So when we talk about living truthfully, as actors, we're talking about behavior that comes out of experience. If we're saying bad acting, not truthful, that's behavior minus experience. I'm showing you all the things that show that I'm angry or tough. But there's no experience going on that's causing any of that for real. There's no experience that's showing up that's making anyone believe that. It's all something that's behavior forced in there minus the experience. All of a sudden, I'm smiling. All of a sudden, I'm walking over to the window. I'm saying words. But it has nothing to do with what's going on in the moment. It's certainly not controlled or caused by the moment. I'm ouching all over the place and there's no pinches to be found. That's bad acting. 
Behavior minus experience. It's not true. And what we're after is living truthfully. Living truthfully, behavior that comes out of an experience. All right. Why is that hard? Why would one want to train in that muscle-building group, in that direction? Behavior that comes out of experience. Why is that something that an actor should train for? What does that have to do with you being your best at any time for any role against any actor and any stage? What does that have to do with it? What's the difficulty in living truthfully and why can't we just go about life? Aren't we living truthfully in life? Why can't we use that as our gym and be able to save some money on acting class? In truth, we don't get to live truthfully in this way even in our daily life, not all the time. When we talk about behavior and experience, There are experiences that we just, we don't let in. In our daily worlds, in our daily body, we'll call it, there are these guards and these filters. They're there for a reason. They're wise. They're there because some experience happened to us in life. And now we know to be at the ready to make sure that that experience doesn't have a chance to just hit us again unprotected. If you've ever had your heart broken the first time, We don't move into the next relationship completely unguarded. There's something unfortunate about that in our daily life, right? But at the same time, there's something that's keeping us healthy. We don't just cross the street because we have experience of knowing that those cars go back and forth. We don't put our hand over an open flame. We have experience with the taste of heat. There are experiences in life that have singed us, that have done something so that we don't want them again, or at least not in that full, similar way. So, our daily body creates these guards, these filters, so that when somebody gives us a hug, are we vulnerable and feeling the full hug, or are we experiencing it through some type of automatic guard, habitual filter that shows up? So that's not ordinary to be able to just have behavior come out of experiences because not all experiences are let in, have the right to pinch me and cause that ouch, to button push me and cause that behavior. Being frank, it would be extraordinary to be able to do that always in life. It's a challenge. Sometimes the world around us is overwhelming. Standing in the middle of Times Square, standing in the middle of a club or a party, there are so many experiences being shot your way. We guard on it. We filter. How can you take every single sound and taste and energy in? You wouldn't be able to move or exist. Our daily body does something about that. It lets us exist. And the cost of that is it won't let us live truthfully always. It won't always let us be susceptible to the experiences that would cause behavior. So yeah, it's challenging enough to be able to experience just anything that shows up and allow behavior to come out, to just sort of get out of our own way, to break those rules that keep us safe in our daily body and just be truthful, live truthfully. That's challenging enough. And it's worthwhile enough to grow an ability to be extraordinary in being able to take in experiences that cause behavior. That would be reason enough to train to be more than what we are in daily life. The real challenge, though, comes from the great difference between acting and real life. And of course, there's many differences. But the biggest difference of them all 
is the fact that in life, I have no idea what's going to come next, and in acting, I know exactly what is supposed to come next. That difference, that being able to predict the future, explodes the whole process of just taking for granted our ability to live truthfully, even like we do in life, even with those some guards and some filters that hold out some experiences. Even that becomes something we can take for granted once we enter into the acting arena. This ability to predict the future means that all those things that are keeping you healthy, all that way that your daily body guards and filters protects you in daily life, now you know the future. Because you could tell what's going to happen, what's going to be coming your way, those guards and those filters are going to show up and they're going to try and take care of you in a whole nother level. They're going to take care of you for some of the similar reasons that they do in life. They're going to take care of you for some of the pressures that you're facing in the acting world world as a professional, as an artist. Because certain things are going to hit you and you can get ahead of that, you can know that they're coming your way, you're going to protect automatically, habitually, instinctually, if you don't do anything about it, if you don't train, if you don't build muscles that counter that, all we're going to be left with is the rules of the daily body, those guards and those filters showing up in our acting arena. We don't want that. If that were to happen, All of the characters that we play are going to be limited and only be able to take in the experiences that you, the actor, that me, the actor, that we allow in our daily lives. We want to be more than just ourselves. In the world of acting, we want to be able to be Jon Snow. We want to be able to be Juliet. We want to be able to go there. We want to go beyond just us, and we want to be able to live truthfully as those characters. Oh yes, that challenge is exacerbated. The simple ability to live truthfully, to take in experiences that are going to cause behavior because now we're going to get ahead of it, protect those experiences all because we know the future. It messes with the system. It makes it harder. It means that we need something outside of those daily bodyguards and filters to be leading us throughout the experiences of the moment. Throughout everything that happens in the acting arena, we need something in the place of those daily bodyguards and filters that, by the way, do a pretty darn good job of keeping us healthy in life. That means that we need to get to work. We need to train and build up what we will call an acting instrument. Something that counters the daily bodyguards and filters, that grabs the wheel, that takes the reins, that is in charge of our humanity when we're in the acting arena. We want that to be the case. We want to surrender to our daily bodyguards and filters in the real world. They're wise and they're built off of experiences from our life. But we want something different. We want something more. And we want to devote time to train for that so it's there for us, no matter the pressures of the world. Instead of the daily bodyguards and filters, we train as actors to build an acting instrument that takes control of our humanity in the moment that allows us to live truthfully. You know, the fact that we know the future doesn't only affect the taste of experience, but it also messes with the behavior that comes out of that experience. It also exacerbates the control of that daily body garden filter's best partner in crime, the intellect. Oh boy, the 
intellect, which helps us so much in the daily world, helps us plan and review and judge and navigate everything we know, all of that information that's stored inside of us, that brain of ours can find what we already know, apply it to the world in front of us, and help us navigate forward. It's something that, ugh, I know all those teachers who always say, don't think, you shouldn't think, and all, get out of your head. You know, your brain is so uniquely yours, it's so specific to your strengths. I don't know that it's about not thinking. I think it's about learning how and when to engage your intellect. If we do nothing, if we don't train, our intellect is going to show up to help us out because that's what it's trained, habitualized, instinctualized to do throughout our daily life. Of course it would show up to check in and see how we're doing, to judge and watch us because we want to be better. We want to be able to live up to what everybody's asking for us. Our brain has lots to do because of that great difference between acting and life. Because we know the future... Now that means that there is expected results. Wow. Expected results is one heck of a pressure. It's a pressure that comes from your audiences. They expect you to have your lines to be able to be the character moving forward. It comes from your directors, your fellow actors. Expected results when you show up to rehearsal, when you show up to an audition. Expected results from yourself. You expect yourself to be able to deliver in specific ways. Those expected results can only happen because you know the future. You know what is expected of you. You know what's supposed to happen. Because of that, your intellect is going to instantaneously have ideas, things it's seen in the past, things that it already knows that it can give you and help you meet that expected goal, that expected result. But by the nature of that, any single thing that your intellect already knows about means that it is predetermined behavior. And so, if we let our brain know what is coming, if we let our intellect into the process of the acting arena, we won't have behavior come out of experience. We'll have predetermined behavior that we've already know is going to meet the goals of all of our collaborators. We'll infuse that into the moment. It'll have nothing to do with the experience. And we'll just be dancing in our own private music video. Behavior predetermined behavior, and it's minus the experience of what's going on all around us. And to us here at the Elysium Aesthetic, that's bad acting. That's moving in the opposite direction of what we're aiming for. Having that smile ready before the look comes to cause it. Knowing your lines and having them ready before the person closes down the space that makes you say those lines. Walking over to the window because you know that's your cue, versus hearing that noise that pulls you over there. Because everybody knows that you know the future, everyone is expecting you to do those things. And so, it feels almost automatic that we do whatever we have to do to be ready, to deliver those expected results, to deliver the goods. That makes sense, though. How can you blame somebody for wanting to deliver the goods? I don't. One would need to have something else in its place. A teammate. Something aside from the intellect that can ensure that we reach those expected results. And that is why we train as actors, training specifically in the art of rehearsal. The art of rehearsal, like our acting instrument, is going to counter the pull of the intellect that wants to give us all those easy answers for those expected results. 
The art of rehearsal is something that comes with acting. Ah, the art of rehearsal is the art of learning. It's the art of growing. It's the art of being better with any amount of time that you have. And we always get rehearsal and acting. Always, always, always. Even if somebody gives you a script in a ridiculous scenario and they say, go, just do it right now, you still can blink. You still have split seconds, right? There's things that you can do if you know how to maximize your time. That art of using the time that you have to move further and further into character, to find that freedom of your artistic truth within the form of the script or the boundaries of any collaborative request, that's the goal. And rehearsal is the time you have to get there. I mean, I gave you a ridiculous situation. Almost always you're going to have what? Minutes, hours, days, weeks, months to be able to rehearse and get into character. The question is, what are you doing with that time? Are you taking care of yourself? Is it easy? Is it efficient? Does it work within the boundaries of your life? You have to work. You have family and friends and health that you want to take care of. We want to be able to master this art of rehearsal so we don't surrender to our intellect running in the direction of just some sort of easy answer that everyone will agree on. The cliche. What we're after is the best of you. The absolute best of you, the sort of part of you that no one can compete with. When we talk the way that we do here at the Elysium Aesthetic, it's for that purpose. It's a professional separator. When you are working from your artistic truth, nobody has those threads. Nobody has those spices, those shades of color of the human experience. When you are working at your best, there is no one who can play that character the way that you can. There's no competition anymore. It's you versus you. All of this is resistance training. It's about facing down the things that rob you of your belief and empowering you and inspiring that flame inside of you that knows that you can, that you are. Yeah, that's what we're after. So we have to take a real look at the things that would rob us of that. And we want to push back. We want to have things that we can do so that we are fully free, fully the character. All right. Living truthfully, this idea of behavior coming out of experience, it's not something we could take for granted. It's not something we just go about our daily business and not need to train in. We devote ourselves to this art form, this art form of acting, to investing in our potential by training, by growing an acting instrument that could take the place of our daily bodyguards and filters, that can lead our humanity throughout the moment. We need something instead of the intellect. We need an art of rehearsal that helps deliver those expected results, but not forced in there by ideas and cliche ways that we've seen it all happen before. Living truthfully. Second part of that was under imaginary circumstances. What does that mean? Why is that hard? Why would that be something that we would need to train for? Well, let's stick with the same sort of vocabulary. If living truthfully means behavior that comes out of experience, let's describe living truthfully under imaginary circumstances as the behavior of the character that comes out of experience. The behavior of the character that comes out of experience. It's not just the smile that comes across my face when Juliet says my name. It's Romeo's smile that comes across my lips. 
I sit down the way it feels comfortable for me, Romeo. I swing the sword the way Jon Snow swings the sword. Not the way Aaron, I, me, I don't even swing swords, right? I can learn it in a rehearsal, but I want to be standing there. I want to be Jon Snow. I want the behavior of the character to come out of the experience of the moment. This is why, for us at the Elysium Aesthetic, the art of acting is the art of transformation. Transformation. Of being able to live truthfully as the character. And so, as we talk here at the beginning, as we wonder how something like this could be possible, as we get into the specifics of the Elysium aesthetic, and we look at it compared to all the different options of training that are out there, our goal is for you to live truthfully, but for that truth to be the character's truth. For you to transform. That's what the art of rehearsal is all about. Using your time to do things. To do things. Muscle builders, exercises, perspective shaping. All the things that need to get done. All the things that if you didn't do those things in your art of rehearsal during the time that you had, you would feel less for it. These are not things that you have to do for the sake of doing them. They're done so that you get to live truthfully under those imaginary circumstances. What are these things? What are these things? Well, they have to center around what does it take to build character? What is character? Character comes down to nature and nurture. Nature and nurture. It comes down to the experiences we have. It comes down to the blood pumping in our veins. It comes down to our instincts, who we are that's inside of us since we were kids. Nature and nurture. If you're going to be doing things, if you're going to be having tools, transformational tools as an actor, they have to deal with helping you transform your nature. They have to do with helping you transform your nurture. More than that, we have to take a look at all the aspects of humanity. When we talk about living truthfully, what is a life? What are those areas from the physical body to the voice to the very soul of the human being? These are things that have to be touched on because we live as real human beings all the time in our own bodies, in our own souls, in our own voices. We know what real is. So if we just didn't pay attention to that stuff, if we just left that stuff on the side, we would feel like frauds. We need a laser focus on the areas that we know constitute life, constitute living and as a character starts with nature and nurture. It expands into all the different areas of humanity. Those are going to be our tools, those things that we do so that we get to transform different aspects of our humanity. More than that, we train as actors in this art of rehearsal because we don't get to decide things on our own in this type of process. This profession is a collaborative profession. For sure, there are going to be directors who have opinions, writers who have opinions, fellow castmates and costume designers who have opinions on things that should be truthful for your character. So whatever tools we have in our transformation toolbox, whatever things that we're going to do during our time for rehearsal, they have to be adaptable. They have to be adaptable. They have to be able to adapt to any single request from any collaborator. And I mean collaborators like the size of your stage, where the cameras are being placed, all of it. These tools, these transformational tools, 
They have to be something that actually deals with the real world all around you, not just something that feels good when I'm talking about it, not just something that feels good when you would be in a classroom doing it. They have to be the sort of thing that you know how to turn to and use when the moment calls for it. And in this type of situation, we haven't learned what we need to learn until this transformation toolbox isn't just adaptable, isn't just personalized and yours, but it's organized so that whatever challenge lands on your radar screen, you know exactly the tool to turn to, you know exactly the amount of it and the way to apply that tool to the environment that you're surrounded in. This is why we're having the conversation up front. This is why we'll be held to an account. We're not done until those transformation tools are personal, organized, and adaptable. They're incomplete until then, according to the Elysium aesthetic. This is why we train. This is why we devote ourselves and invest in muscle builders and exercises to help master this art of rehearsal. And I'm going to attach something on top of all of this art of rehearsal that I think is life time important. More than anything that could possibly be done, we have to find some way for you to be able to know the difference between something that's you and your character. Isn't that something that worries an actor all the time? Is this me or was that the character? Did I find the character? Am I moving in the right direction? A lot of people will have opinions. Everybody has opinions. Directors, mentors, coaches, fellow actors. Everybody has opinions on whether or not you're moving in the right direction. We need to build your knowing, your compass, what we're going to call your actor's barometer, that instinctual knowing, taste, signal from inside of your soul that you are moving in the right direction, that this material is the sort of material that you want to work on, that this is a sort of role that you want to audition for, something inside of you that is your lifetime guide, that goes beyond any one class, that goes beyond any one great experience with a mentor or director or teacher. At the end of the day, it's you who have to have your own back. So one of the things that we're going to build that's going to be there for you as you navigate this art of rehearsal is your actor's barometer. That's going to be your guide. That's going to lead you forward, 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 and team up with all those different notes or helpful signals from the people around you on how to take the next step forward. It's vital. It's crucial that you have your own back, and so that's something that must be included in what we're training for. Any single thing that you get to do in your rehearsals and your performances, you've got to know that you're moving in the right direction. And so we're going to build that actor's barometer for life. Living truthfully under imaginary circumstances, that was Sanford Meisner's definition of good acting. And we see now that we cannot take that for granted, that there's something worthwhile in there. If you want to be the sort of person that lives truthfully under imaginary circumstances, we have to deal with the daily bodyguards and filters. We have to build something that steps up to the plate in its place, and that's our acting instrument. We have to do something about the fact that our intellect knows a whole lot and can have all these ideas on how those expected results can be delivered before we even get to the actual moment. That blows up the system of truth. We need to do something. We need an art of rehearsal. We need to know how to use our time so that we don't turn to those easy answers of the intellect, that we find our full artistic truth within the boundaries of that form, of that script, of that direction, of that stage. 
Your artistic truth is what separates you. It is your superpower. So that's our hunt, to unlock that freedom within whatever form the world sends our way. Always, easily, efficiently. When it comes to living truthfully under imaginary circumstances and doing things to transform, to make sure it's not just my truthful behavior that comes out of the experience of the moment, but the character's behavior, the character's words, the character's psychology, the character that comes out. We need tools. We need things that we can do that transform that aspect of our humanity from nature to nurture and every aspect of living life that exists. We need to own those tools, personalize them, and for you to become so clear with them that they can adapt to any single collaborative request. They're so organized that no matter what life throws your way, how little time you have, whatever weird situation you may be finding yourself in, you know exactly within your toolbox where to turn, how to gift yourself with something that helps set you up for success. And we need your teammate. Your barometer, your actor's barometer, that instinctual compass that lets you know, go for it, go in this direction. It's something that's going to be your teammate through life. And so starting now, we need to invest in it for all of the work that you do outside of the room, for all of the work that you'll do in an audition, for all of the work that you do through rehearsal and performance. Amidst everybody's advice, amidst everybody's feedback, it's your truth that we want to bring to the surface and make sure guides you. That would mean that we are on track, that we are building towards this direction of good acting. But I don't know that you and I would be satisfied with just being good actors. I don't know that we want to go about our careers and our profession just being good. What we're after is all of it. We are after more than what other people can do. We are after more than the ordinary. We are after the extraordinary. We are not after good. We are not even after great. We are after excellence. It's about not being able to be any better. It's about more. So we're going to take that definition of good acting and we're going to redefine it so it focuses on our finish line, our finish line of excellence. What we're after over here is living truthfully through imaginary circumstances with personal, professional pride. Yes, personal, professional pride. Like everything else we're doing over here, let's define that. Let's make that more tangible, and let's talk about why in the world anybody would need to train for this notion of personal professional pride. First, let me touch on the fact that I changed the word under to through. Living at the pace of now, at the beat of our heart. There's no hierarchy involved above and under. We're here together. It's in the now. That's all I got to say about that. But our definition, living truthfully through imaginary circumstances with personal professional pride. What does that attachment mean? Personal professional pride is the deep internal satisfaction that comes from fulfilling your potential. Yes, it is that visceral feeling, that feeling when you have accomplished something and you know that you earned it. That feeling where it doesn't matter what the world tells you, whether they say good job, whether they say bad job, that feeling of knowing you are at your best. Wow, what a feeling. Usually we say, why is this something that would be important for acting? It feels kind of obvious. This feeling of knowing you're at your best. But we can ask that same question. 
Why is it important to work with personal professional pride? Why can't I just be a good actor? Why do I need to be at my very, very best? Especially since it's just this thing that me and my friends are doing. It's just this thing in this small theater company over here. It's just for an audition that's not really that big of a deal. Why is it vital? Why do I need to train myself to be at my very best always? This is really a wonderful fork in the road. And it's exactly the reason we're having this conversation from the start. I don't want to make this sound like something it's not. This technique is all geared to the sort of person who isn't satisfied with halfway, who wants to do the work but yearns to know what that work is. Our work together is about unlocking your potential, having you live and transform fully as the character for any scenario, any request. It's hard to always know if one is exactly right for another. If there's anything unique about anything, it's going to be more right for one than it would be for the other. And for sure, the Elysium aesthetic is fiercely unique in our perspective of acting, in our perspective of what an actor gives to be able to get the most out of themselves. But it's a fork in the road, and it's fully your decision which direction you want to go. This is your path. I get to be a teammate moving alongside with you, but you have to choose which of the two directions to turn. On one side, there's an easy escape. You get to play pretend. And then you look at the other side. And that is a road that is paved with earned excellence. Earned excellence. And to go down this road of earned excellence, you need an Olympic spirit. An Olympic spirit, that spirit inside those Olympians that make them get up at 5 a.m. to do their swimming laps. There's something inside of them that they feel that next level, that thing that nobody else in the entire world has. And they will get to work, those Olympians, on bringing it out, on fulfilling their potential. They work hard in all those areas, in every nook and cranny. They build all the muscles that are necessary. They devote themselves to getting the best of themselves out to taking whatever goodness, whatever greatness is inside of them and landing on a podium, turning it gold. Acting is very much like that. Acting and art, like we said, there's just no competition with you. When you are working at your best, you are the only one who can reach gold in that realm. There is nobody who can reach the gold of playing the character that way. Only you. When you have an Olympic spirit, you are the sort of person that does the work. You do the work for every single muscle, and you don't stop doing the work for every single muscle until you've turned it into instinct. You do it all to unleash your potential. That's what I think of as an Olympic spirit, doing the work for every muscle until it's instinct, all to unleash your potential. If you go down this road, you are going down the road that leads you towards your personal excellence. It's a road that culminates with the finish line of Elysium, of you working at your best in every situation you will ever face moving forward. That's our finish line. This road is a road of earned excellence, and it needs something from you in order to make that choice and go down that road. That something is your Olympic spirit, your willingness, your eagerness, your drive and desire to do the work for every single muscle until it's instinct, until that spark of it being yours and it's all there to unleash your potential. 
those muscles of your Olympic spirit, that fuel that ignites that flame, that is something we cannot take for granted. That is something that we need to train for. If that excites you, if that's the sort of artist you yearn to be, then we are kindred spirits. The Elysium aesthetic was built for you. It was meant to be. Wherever you are on your path, we have the muscle builders to build and make things easier. But this is our wonderful direction. When we talk about working with personal, professional pride, working from your highest level, finding excellence, there's an honest-to-goodness challenge there. One of the first things that we need to focus on is the fact of what is excellence to you. Not just to me, not just to your fellow teammates all around you. When we talk about personal excellence, when we talk about fulfilling your potential, we've got to get to work unlocking what that really means. That's a finish line of a sort, and we've got to crystallize that and make that nice and specific. And then we get to work building that gym that develops those muscles that carries you over that specific finish line. It's so important to know who we want to be when we grow up, to be able to be the best of ourselves, and to be able to do things daily that move us in that direction. But if there's one challenge that we can't take for granted more than all the other challenges that are out there for the actor, to me, it's how in the world do I find the time in my life to invest in this way, to train in this way. To go so far that I'm not just doing the work, but I'm doing it for every single muscle until it's instinct, until it's my habit, until it's my teammate and there for me. How can I find a way to do that in life? That's why we train together. That's why the Elysium Aesthetic is your best teammate. On top of living truthfully and arming you with an acting instrument, arming you with the art of rehearsal that's filled with a transformation toolbox of things that you can do to transform into character, things that are adaptable, organized, personal. Not only are we going to give you that actor's barometer, but we're going to find out what excellence is to you personally, professionally, what the ideal is of you as an artist in this world. And we're going to build a gym, surround your life with muscle builders that get you there. But the key, the sweet spot, is the fact that the Elysium aesthetic is going to help you thread it through your actual life so that it fits in seamlessly into the world that you actually live. You get to live your life with all of its complications, all of its successes, all of its everything, and still keep moving forward, always building those muscles that will set you free and bring out your best. Living truthfully, through imaginary circumstances, with personal, professional pride. Doing the work to choose the path that is paved with earned excellence, to roar down that path with an Olympic spirit, and to cross the finish line of what we call Elysium. Elysium. Elysium is the ancient Greek notion of paradise. I think a lot about what is this that we're all trying to build towards, role by role, company by company, show by show, this thing that we're after, what is this ideal? When I came across the description of how the Greeks considered paradise, something clicked. Paradise for the Greeks was reserved for those 
who had earned it, those who were worthy, those who had done the work. And if you earned paradise, what was the prize? What was paradise all about? You got to spend eternity doing what you loved, where you loved to do it, with the people you loved to do it with. And I thought that's the paradise that we actors are after all the time, not when we die, right now. If we do everything, if we exert ourselves and commit ourselves and trust and invest and surrender and give over to all of it, what we want is to feel proud of ourselves, not the fake false platitudes. We want to feel great. We want to love the work that we're doing. We want to be in love with our surroundings, not just the physical surroundings, the time in life when it happens. We want to feel like this is great. We want to love all of the actors we work with, the directors, the writers, the designers. We want this. That's our goal. That's our target. That's our finish line. Loving it. And that's not something you can fake. You either really love it or you don't. I'm not talking like it. I'm talking love it. That's the finish line. What does it take so that you love it when you're in that audition? You love it. It starts with good acting. It starts with really being the character. But more than that, it has to do with you. It has to do with what you're capable of. And our goal is to unlock that, to infuse that uniqueness, that professional separator, that thing that is your artistic soul into those characters, into those boundaries, into all those expectations, all those expected results, into anything the world throws your way. All right, (laughs) living truthfully through imaginary circumstances with personal, professional pride. This is what we're after. This is our direction. This is why we would be training together. Where does talent come in? (laughs) I think it's something worthwhile to bring up, this idea of talent. It's one of those things that I feel really gets in the way of people understanding their potential. Talent. It's one of those judgment things that people throw around all the time. You're very talented. You're not talented enough. Am I talented enough? Do I have the talent to? What is acting talent? Let's be specific about that. Let's talk about it in such a way where we can even figure out if there's things that we can do to move that forward. Grow our talent. Challenge our talent. Is there something that we can do in our training to maximize our talent? First, what is acting talent? Let's describe it as being made up of two things. First, empathy. Empathy. Next, your actor's faith. Actor's faith. Let's start with empathy. Empathy. It's what you know. It's what you know about this world. I mean, if you were going to be playing somebody who is married and you don't have any concept of the understanding of marriage, you never heard about it beforehand, you let alone never been married beforehand, you're going to be less talented to live truthfully through those imaginary circumstances than somebody who does know from marriage, who has some of those experiences. Of course, those experiences are going to be unique and different, but one needs to know from something of that. Empathy is what you know. It's the paint inside of you. And not just the big globs of color, it's the shades, it's the spices, it's the blends. Every experience you have ever had in your life is now something that you know. When a director gives you a note, when you read a script, when you're tasting some ink on a page and trying to breathe life into it, it's what you know that allows you to connect with it, that allows you to transform and live in it. 
you often hear when someone's going through a tough time, oh, I'm going to use this for my acting. Oh, I'm going to use this joyful celebration for my acting. Use everything for your acting. (laughs) You are whether you choose to or not. At the end of the day, it's not just those exciting moments or those terrible moments in life that are broadening your palette as an actor and as an artist. It's the boring moments in your life. It's every single unique moment in your life. Even if it feels similar to the day beforehand, it wasn't this time of day, with this body, with this mood that you're in right now, everything is building out the most extraordinary library of knowings that you have about this human experience. Your talent grows the more you live. Any experience that you have in life is going to deepen your talent. New experiences that you have in life is going to broaden that talent. But every moment that you are alive, every single one of those moments are gifts and are growing your empathy, your actor's talent. Let me take a moment, sidebar for a sec, and touch on the difference between knowing something and making a choice. One of the things you hear all the time in acting is to come in with a strong choice, or they use the word choice all the time, right? Make a strong choice, good choice that you made over there, make another choice. Here's what the Elysium Aesthetic has to say about that. Knowings shape behavior. Choices shape doubt. When you are making a choice, there's another option. It's just not how we live as real human beings. And it's very easy to figure that out because we could just taste what it's like for ourselves. If I were to ask you, what was the last food that you ate? You know the answer to that. You're not making a choice, right? You know it, so it causes behavior. It has you respond to the question that I'm asking. And I don't think that there would be stress if somebody asked you. It's there. It's easy. You know it. If you're making a choice, it's possible it's wrong. Choices are not what we're after. When we do our work, we have finish lines in our work. In our work, when we say doing the work for every single muscle until it's instinct, until you know. Your body knows how to sit down. You're not making a choice. In your physical body, even if something surprising happened and the chair wasn't where you expected it to be, the way that you would adapt to that surprise in the moment, instinctually, is all because your body knows ways to move, knows comfort, knows how it likes to lean up against the wall in ways that are healthy, in ways that are not healthy. It doesn't always mean just because we know things that we do things that are good for us, but we don't choose we know when we are real human beings our voices come from knowings they know how to make sound they know how to reach inside of us for words that we commonly use that we have at our disposal to communicate our thoughts this is just the way human beings are but in the world of acting when we are asked to make choices we blow that whole system up we infuse doubt into the process when what we really need is to live truthfully through those imaginary circumstances So for us here at the Elysium Aesthetic, we don't make strong choices. We don't make choices at all. We do our work until we know. Let's do an exercise. Let's do an exercise right now that brings to life your actor's barometer, your guide, your compass for being able to taste whether you're moving in the right direction. Each time that we talk about an assignment, or work that you get to do after class. Instead of thinking of it like when we were kids and we called it homework, it doesn't always happen at home. But let's call it our personal crafting work, 
PCW, your personal crafting work. And so here's some personal crafting work that deals with helping your barometer sharpen, strengthen the taste, the difference between knowings and choices. After class, set yourself up so that you can taste back to three unique moments in your acting life. Let's have you taste back to a recent or long-ago audition, a recent or long-ago rehearsal, recent or long-ago performance. And for each one of those, the hunt is going to be on. You're going to have your taste buds, your actor's barometer, that instinct of yours tasting around and locating for each something that tasted like a choice and something that tasted like a knowing. And sure, yeah, you're going to be navigating through fogs and hazes and lots of different things. We're looking for the one that tasted the most like a knowing, the most like a choice, for the rehearsal, performance, and audition. Exercising, strengthening, sharpening our actor's barometer, our ability, our taste buds, to taste the difference between the two. Cool. Excellent. We have a muscle builder that you can use after this class to just get that much more clear on the different taste between those knowings and those choices. Let's do another exercise right here, right now, because holy moly, why not? And I'm going to throw four questions your way. I'm going to throw four questions your way, and when you hear the question, there's going to be an answer that wants to bubble up to the surface that's going to want to pop out and take ownership of that. If I were to ask you a question right now of what you were wearing, what clothes you were wearing yesterday, boom, you taste the question, all of a sudden there's a knowing that shows up there. Something comes to the surface for you ready to answer. Similarly, I'm going to ask you a question, and boom, the second you hear that question, uh, something's going to show up. But here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to throw four unique questions your way, but I'm sending those questions to three different people. The first person I'm going to ask this question to is you, my teammate, you, the awesome artist. The next time I ask that same question, it's going to be to either Romeo or Juliet. You get to decide you're living in that character, experiencing that question, and when that question hits you, you're going to taste it, and an answer from Romeo, from Juliet, from whoever you are, is going to bubble to the surface. The third person I'm asking that same question to is either a parent, a sibling, or a best friend. Go ahead and make that choice now so it's at the ready. You have your three characters. You, your wonderful normal self, either Romeo or Juliet, the wonderful normal Romeo and Juliet, or either a parent, sibling, or best friend. I'm going to ask you four questions. I'm going to repeat those questions for each of your three characters, and then I'll speak to you again at the end. Here we go. Question number one for you. What is your name? Question number one for you. What is your name? And question number one for you. What is your name? Question number two for you. Where is your home? Question number two for you. Where is your home? Question number two for you. Where is your home? 
time for question number three. To you. What is either the best or worst moment of your life? Now I have that question for you. What is either the best or worst moment of your life? And now I'm going to ask that third question to you. What is either the best or worst moment of your life? I've got one more question for you. What do you look like to other people? I've got one more question for you. What do you look like to other people? And I've got one more question to you. What do you look like to other people? All right. Great. If that felt a little quick, you can always go back, hit pause, and experience each of those questions at your own pace and time. Yes, those are the four questions, and what you'll taste is visceral. The difference between knowing an answer and what it feels like to not have that knowing inside of you. There's something else I want to highlight, though, and why we brought up this unique exercise to make this unique point about knowing versus choices. As we progress throughout these questions, it kind of becomes harder and harder to answer the questions literally, just with the words that we use in daily life. Yeah, as those questions progress, things change in terms of answering them truthfully, answering them from really what I know, instead of just words that we use. Sure, somebody asks you what your name is. It's easier to use just those technical words that give the name. Somebody were to say, what's your address? I guess that would be also easier to give just that factual, literal, but home, that's a little bit different. Best and worst moment? I could describe that in words, sure, but does that really capture the answer? What you know about that? It becomes a lot more challenging to just use words if what I care about is answering truthfully. Certainly when I start to describe how other people may see me, I mean, it's starting to go well beyond just words if I want to get to all of what I know about that. In the army, they say, leave no soldier behind. We have to have a very similar philosophy about our artistic truth. Leave no artistic truth behind. We could tell that as we start moving through these questions and starting to try and answer them from what we know, let's not even worry so much about the Romeo or Juliet, mom, dad, siblings, or best friends, simply for yourself where you have the most knowing available. It's still leaving something behind if I just answered it in those basic daily words. We need something more if we want to be really truthful. We don't have to be that truthful. We can just accept communicating in the creative realm with the cliche, with the things that people understand, and that unique strand that is just us, well, uh, maybe not so important. Nobody's going to force you to reach for more, because nobody knows that any of those creative truths have been left behind. 
or even if people can get a sense of it, we're trained in the daily body when we ask somebody, how you doing? And they say, okay, to leave it at that. But artists, when the world asks us how we're doing, it's our job, it's our gift to be able to fill in that answer with all the nuance, all the shades of what we know. We don't have to do that. But when we talk about the type of artist we want to be over here, we want to leave no piece of creative truth behind. And to make that our calling card, our modus operandi, for it to be who we are, we never, ever, ever stop or feel satisfied until we have unlocked and expressed what we really know, what we really mean, our artistic truth. Yeah. Our goal here is to build the muscles of living truthfully through imaginary circumstances. So let's take advantage of this exercise that we started by using to navigate our knowing versus choice taste inside of us. But let's use this now for this nice, important reason. Let's use these four questions to introduce the concept of creative communication. Creative communication is the communication that leaves no artistic truth behind. It captures what I know, what I really mean by that. You want to know what my home is? It goes beyond just these words that I would use to describe it. In fact, I'll say, me, Aaron, if I'm answering that question right now and doing this work with you, it is something to do with the feel of my little puppy when he sleeps up against my chest when it's a little cold in our room. He sneaks under the covers and I'll wake up in the middle of the night and there he is leaned up against my chest that feeling in there even now i'm using words and i'm sure you kind of get it but it it's not the same as what i know about that i need something more in my communication than just literal daily words if i'm going to be truthful if i'm going to exercise this muscle of living truthfully in this question in this answer that i can offer you Creative communication. Creative communication is going to be the way that we Elysium artists speak our soul. We're going to say that creative communication is the taste of any specific sound, object, or image. A sound, object, or image. We'll broaden that out as our course progresses, but for now, a sound, object, or an image. And when we talk about something like a sound, it could just be scratching nails on a chalkboard. It could also be that song. Oh, not the whole song. Just that first section of the song. Oh, just the way she sings that one line. Oh, forget about all the words. It's just that rhythm, that beat in the background. That's what I mean when I'm trying to capture that best moment of my life. There's no words for it, but taste this beat, this rhythm over here. Taste this section of this painting. Look how that brush stroke right there goes across his face. Ah, that's what I mean when I talk about home. That's what I mean when I talk about home. I would love for you to communicate the answers to all four of the questions, putting aside Romeo and Juliet, putting aside the family, the friends, etc. Just for yourself, please answer these four questions in creative communication. You'll find the spot on our forum where you can post that to get a sense of everybody else's go at it and also to give everybody else a blast of inspiration from your work as well. Posting those four pieces of creative communication that speak to the knowing of those four questions.
So knowing, (laughs) knowing which springs forth from our empathy, knowing is our talent, one huge piece of your acting talent. The more you know, the greater your talent as an actor. But we talked about acting talent having two pieces to this puzzle. The other piece was actor's faith. Actor's faith. Let's define actor's faith as your ability to interact with what is imaginary as if it was real. Yeah, your faith. When we talk about empathy being what you know, your actor's faith is in how you believe. How you believe. Just like we talked about that person who's never been married, never heard of the concept of marriage. They would be less talented than somebody who does know from all of this marriage business in playing a role where the life, the character was married. Similarly, if I am acting opposite against my best friend and they're playing Hamlet and I'm a character in the play, if all I see and every time we're on stage together, all I see is my buddy, I am less talented than somebody who can taste that human being As the character of Hamlet, if all I can taste is a camera in front of me, if all I can taste is the green screen around me, I'm less talented than somebody that can experience that imaginary surroundings as if it was real. Your actor's faith, your ability to believe, to believe, to go all in in that belief is where your talent comes from. Talent is a separator. It's different artist by artist. When we talk about empathy, what we know, we know different things. All of us could be standing in front of the same sunrise, and even though we could describe the fact that we were in front of that sunrise, and there would be many similarities, if we got down to the creative communication, what we actually know, there's going to be uniqueness in each one of all of us. We all could go through breakups. We all can mourn if somebody passed away. We all can celebrate when success happens in our life. But even though we're right next to somebody tasting that exact same experience, we're tasting it different because we're artists. Every human being has this artistic muscle. It's a lens. It's a lens in which we taste and experience the world around us. That lens separates us, gives us knowings that nobody else has, provides us paint that we color and fill in our characters with that nobody else has. If you're standing in a supermarket and you see a little kid squeeze the finger of their parent and I was standing right next to you, each of us would be able to say that we saw the same thing. However, we know the human taste of that in unique ways. Knowing is unique. The broader, the more, the deeper, that separates you. Same thing with your actor's faith. There are levels of belief. There is ease of belief. There's all-in of belief. There's also choppy waters in belief, speed bumps in your believing. Talent is unique. You are unique. Whatever those choppy waters may be, whatever depth or freedom you have in your actor's faith, wherever you start from is exactly right for the Elysium aesthetic. It is what it is, and we build from there until we capture your potential. Everybody knows things. Everybody has some level of empathy, some level of acting talent. Everybody tastes the imaginary world as if it was real. Sometimes they do. You ever watch somebody in front of a mirror getting ready for a date or a big conversation with their boss in those cliche circumstances? Something happens to their body. There's something active going on. And it's all in their imagination, but they're tasting it, moments of it, as if it was real. 
We all have empathy. We all have actor's faith. Every single person has the talent inside of them to be an actor. And here at the Elysium Aesthetic, wherever you start from, we're going to roar from there. So let's get a sense of where we're starting from. We did something exercise-wise to give a taste of what knowings are, what we really know, versus the idea of a knowing, the thing of a choice. Let's do an exercise here that gives you a visceral taste of your actor's faith. I'm going to lead you on this exercise with a request that you allow your eyes to close. Even though I'll be talking to you and you'll be with me here in this world, this real world of ours, we're going to go in our imagination where the rules will be different. Here, the rules in this world, this world of the actor is throughout the entirety of the exercise. However your body moves, whatever's being thrown your way, you allow those eyes to remain closed for the full exercise. In your imaginary world, I'm sure those eyes will be open, curious, looking around at everything that's going on. All right, let's get started. Let's get started by making that decision to allow your eyes to close. You're going to find yourself outdoors, in middle of the day, on a cool, crisp, slightly breezy, slightly windy afternoon. It's in a park, let's say. There's kids around playing, families around, sure. There's stuff around, trees, nature, maybe even tastes of the city that you're in. But it's a beautiful day, and if you were to look up with wide open eyes, I know you're keeping those eyes closed, but in your imagination, if you're looking up with those wide open eyes, you could see the blue skies, the white clouds. And as you're looking at the different shapes in those clouds, wouldn't you know it? You're about to see something that few people ever get to capture, visually. The moment that a snowfall begins to descend out of the clouds. Look at that cloud right there. What's coming out of it almost looks like it's a big white sheet. It's so far up in the sky, so far away, that there's no way to see anything specific in terms of snowflakes. But man alive, look at that coming out of the cloud. What a thing, like a big white blanket that's descending, and because there's a breeze, because there's a wind in the air, it almost instantly starts to pull that sheet apart. Way up in the sky, look at what's happening to it. And even though it's a good 20, 30 seconds from any of those snowfalls making their descent and finding you, it's still miraculous to see their journey as they get pulled apart and as they make their way down, down, down to our world, we could start to see something unique. Maybe not so much the difference between each snowflake, but little pieces now. The fact that they are flakes, coming down to this world, caught and dancing by the wind, by the breeze that's all around. Here it is coming down. Maybe ten seconds, it'll start to land on you. Look at that now as we could start to see the uniqueness. What is it like seeing it from the moment of its birth out of that cloud? Here they come. Those snowflakes are falling. Three, two, one, and now they land on your face, on your hair. And as they dissolve in the back of your neck, you feel that cool liquid that's there. Snow is all around, and wouldn't you know it, the wind is picking up, the breeze is picking up, so it's really flurrying all around you. Here's your mission that I'm going to send your way amidst this flurries, this snowfall all around you. 
I want you to do this as best as you can, even though I'm going to ask you for something that seems impossible. Sticking out your pinky, I want you to capture a snowflake exactly on the tip of your pinky and don't stop trying until you do. If you stick that pinky out and a snowflake hits just off of the center, keep reaching, keep trying to capture all those fluttering snowflakes until you get one that is exactly caught on the tip of your pinky and dissolves. Don't be satisfied with something that's close. Find the way, find the way, reach and capture it exactly so it dissolves just like that. When you have succeeded, I want you to do this again exactly on the tip, but this time the tip of your tongue. Oh, yes. Sticking out that tongue and capturing a snowflake exactly on the tip. Oh, if it hits it on the side of the tongue and dissolves, that doesn't count. Don't be satisfied until you capture it exactly. Go for it. You gotta get there. All right. All right. Whether you've got it or not, all right, let those eyes open and let's come back to this moment here and now. You know, this is a time-space continuum and I'm not there exactly with you, but if in any which way it took you any amount of time to be able to capture those snowflakes, you have got yourself some pretty strong actor's faith. Look, this is your imagination. When I said stick your finger out and capture it on the tip of your pinky, you could have just done that. Stuck out that finger, got it exactly right, and moved on to the next. Same thing with your tongue. You could have been like a little frog, zip that tongue out, capture it exactly on the tip of your tongue, and that would be that. It's your imagination. There's nobody who is controlling all of that breeze and making your life difficult. Something inside of you, though, yearns to live in truth, that in these imaginary circumstances, you yearn to live truthfully. This is your talent. The fact that you surrendered to the breeze, surrendered to the snowflakes, that they were in charge and you had to catch up to them, that part of you that understands truth, that interacts with the experience of your imagination as if it was real, that's the source of your talent. That's the source of your talent. How you believe, how easily you can accept those things that are around you, how much you can surrender and accept. The more you know, coupled with the fuller and freer that you believe, brings forth your acting talent. These are vital components in the audience's experience of your work. We audiences live through you. If you are playing pretend, if you are not living truthfully through imaginary circumstances, it's not that audiences don't like you, it's that audiences get to judge you. Audiences watch what you're doing, and because it's cliché, they're judging whether or not they like your voice, whether or not they like your personality, your looks, how you compare to the other actors that are all around. If they like that sort of thing, if the casting director likes how you look, how you sound, and all those things feel good to them, they may judge that they like that performance. Something different happens, though, when you unleash your talent, when you do the work for every single muscle until it's instinct and unleash your actor's faith and that that full, free, artistic truth, that empathy of yours. Something different happens to an audience member. You know I'm saying the truth over here because we're all audience members. When you live through those imaginary circumstances, 
we, the audience, live through it with you. Then, what you know, we taste it. We know the nuances of it, the nooks and crannies of it. Something happens to us. Our humanity expands. It broadens. When it's true, when it's true, it does strum on that chord of human truth. That I think of it as a chord of human truth. We could be standing in front of paintings. I don't know a whole lot about paintings, but there's some that are so true that it strums on me. I got a chance to go to an opera before. I've never been to an opera before, but there were moments that gripped me. They strummed on that chord of human truth. When you, as an actor, live truthfully, transform and live in that moment, you are an instrument, an acting instrument that we get to live through that instrument. The taste of that human truth, we're along for the ride. We don't have the opportunity to leave it and judge it. We can only come up for air after it's all over and done. And you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about as an actor who has experienced other actors' work, who's experienced successful moments in your own work. We don't get choices when somebody is doing this level of work, when we're an audience member. We get pulled into their heart, into their soul. You expand our humanity. You broaden it. You give us more. If humanity is one big story, you are adding chapters to the human experience, adding panels onto this large tapestry of all of us figuring out what this human experience is. That's art. People break up and singers can reach inside their souls into that knowing and they can sing from that place. Dancers can dance from that sense of hope, of love, and of possibility. Writers can write from that place. Actors, the art of acting, the magnificent, important art of acting, expands human empathy, takes people into other worlds, into other souls, into other humanity. That's your gift. That's why I care so darn much, not just about this profession, but about what we can do together when we train, when we invest, when we infuse our Olympic spirit down a pathway of earned excellence and cross a finish line that is nothing short of Elysium. Paradise. Loving what you do. Loving where you do it, and I mean the time of life that you get to do it in, let alone your surroundings, loving every single collaborator all around you. I know these are huge, ideal things, but we have the plan, the pathway, the muscles, the exercises, the aesthetic to bring all of that to life. We've set forth a direction with a clear finish line, living truthfully through imaginary circumstances with personal professional pride. We've broken that down so we don't take it for granted and we know why wherever one would train, it's worth training in that direction. It's worth building an acting instrument so we don't rely on our daily body guards and filters. It's worth utilizing and mastering the art of rehearsal, that time that we have, so we don't just turn to the easy solutions, the easy answers, the cliché of our intellect. We master the art of rehearsal with tools, things that we can do to transform into character. Those things, we learn them in such a way where they're personal, they're adaptable, they're organized, and everything is guided by your truth, your compass of artistic truth, your acting barometer. 
We want to be the best of ourselves. We want to distinguish ourselves. There is no role that has ever been played until you have a chance to infuse your artistry in it. Then the world knows what that role is all about. And for that, we need the muscles of personal professional pride. We need you to do the work of living truthfully through imaginary circumstances. We need you to be able to do that work at your best Always, habitually, instinctually, automatically. And for that, we have to figure out what excellence really is to you. We have to know that specifically and build a gym in the world around us that lets us get to those muscles and lets it all fit seamlessly into life. We want to invest in an Olympic spirit, in the things that make it easier to do the work for every single muscle and to not stop until it's instinct so that our potential, your talent, gets unleashed. And we want to look at that talent and grow that talent, that professional separator, that thing that makes you worthwhile. You are worthwhile. We don't yet know what is possible for these characters, for these roles, for these scripts, until we've had a chance to unleash your full potential within it. So, my friend, we have ourselves now a goal, a clear finish line, something that we can hold to account, something that we can check in with from time to time to make sure we're moving in the right direction. We have taken a big step forward together in terms of specificity and taking something in this world of art that's so subjective and making it more tangible, something where we can understand each other and the direction we're moving in. We have a direction, but there are steps along that path, things that we will do, ways to move forward and accomplish what we're after. We talk about things like an acting instrument. What does that really mean? We talk about those tools of transformation. We talk about building a gym around us that will help us maximize the muscles of being the very best of ourselves. Before we leave our overview and start getting into those classes, working those exercises and unlocking those tools, let's dig in further. Let's not take anything for granted. Let's do take a break, stretch, breathe, and reset. But when we come back from that break, we're going to unlock each of those three unique areas that we train in as artists, as actors. Growing our artistry in life, growing our instrument, and growing our craft, our ability to transform. We're going to break all of those things down, those things that we do, those reasons why we train. We'll break them down further taking advantage of this time that we have right now at the start to get to know each other, to ensure that we are kindred spirits, teammates, moving forward step by step together. Enjoy the break, and when we return, we'll build off of our conversation of what is good acting, and we'll launch into what does it take to grow excellence. <laughs> 